Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from Sunrise, Florida. It's 1233 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Rob Brown is our Inside the Game analyst for our broadcasts on the Oilers Radio Network, and Rob's been kind enough to join us. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing very good, Bob. How are you today? Oh, you know, not bad. Uh, let me ask you this, just uh, about uh, drills and practice. Uh, Todd McClellan, and there's always progressions with all the different drills, so they'll go, you know, as you know, from a one-on-one compete drill, it morphs into a two-on-two compete drill, and then, you know, they'll insert a defenseman with a shot at the point, competing for rebounds and that sort of thing. Today they did a rabbit drill where they had a you know skater sort of three or four strides ahead of everybody else, pull the nets out, skate around the nets, uh, and you got to rein them in. How difficult could you envision that being when Connor McDavid was the rabbit, which he was for one of the drills today? <laughs> well, it'd be worse when he's the fox. We do that in our initiation and in our hockey schools in the summer all the time. I mean, I'd, I'd hate to be the rabbit. I'd need two zones ahead of Connor McDavid to, for, for him not to catch me. Uh, well, first of all, they would never catch Connor. They could, they could start with an inch. Uh, head start as the rabbit and no one would catch him so the worst part for that drill would be is if you're going and you're looking where connor is you're like oh god you're trying to guess when he's going to catch you not not uh, uh how it's like okay at what point is he going to catch me is it going to be the blue line the red line or do i just feign injury and fall down and let him catch me that way uh was there one specific drill you absolutely despised when you played in there practice was a dr- yeah, there's one that Mike Keenan used to do all the time. It would be six laps one way, then six laps the other way. Uh, and it was a, an endurance type of skate. And I was a terrible skater. And we had a guy, Chris Chelios, on our team who uh, he was, he was not, he never had the speed that, you know, today's players have a McDavid or, or a Larkin or that. But he was in incredible shape and never got tired. So you do this six lap and. On lap two, I could already hear him breathing behind me. Now, the one great thing about Chris Chalios, the, the pro that he was, he would never pass me and embarrass me like that. But on lap two of six, so of, of 12 laps, on lap two, he's already 
uh, you know, skating behind me, drafting behind me. I hated that. It was not made for bad skaters. And I think Keenan did it at times just to embarrass me. And he did. We're talking right now to Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst on the Oilers Radio Network. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, the Oilers are getting set to take on the Florida Panthers. Just before we get to the here and now with the Oilers, Ilya Kovalchuk saying today that he wants to return to the NHL. Now, we saw what Radulov got in the offseason, which was about $5.5 bucks per year at the Dallas Stars. I think we can agree that at this stage... Um, well, first of all, would there be? I mean, I, I doubt Edmonton would be on the radar screen. Frankly, I could see Florida because of the tax situation uh, being on the radar screen. Uh, but the, you know, Kovalchuk quit a team. He flat out quit on a team in New Jersey. So, on that note, uh, could you see a scenario where it would, uh, you know, even though it'd be unlikely, would would you want that player with your team, given the fact that he had quit? Uh, you'd want assurances. You'd want to um, fact check or, or, or do a background check with people that he's playing with now to see what's he like now. Has he matured? Is he a different person? Um, you would need a team that is strong, uh, you know, has a strong core group, a, a strong character group around that can control him. Because the one, the, the one thing that you do not want is you know not want a big personality coming in and, and, and ruining your team and not someone that that cheats in practice that 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 doesn't do the things the proper way during games and Kovalchuk has been like that at times in his career if you've got a strong core group that you can uh, bring him into the fold and they will make sure you don't need the coach policing the players will police then you can have a success with it if he comes in and he's bigger than the team and it's not a strong enough character group well, then that could put huge discord in your dressing room, which you don't need. Uh, he's talented. He's not the player he was when he left, but he certainly will make uh, a team better by having him there. And you don't have to worry about him being the star because he's not that guy anymore. So if you have him as a second-line player and that can help you on the power play, it's going to make you better. But you've got to have a strong dressing room to be able to bring him in. We're joined by Rob Brown. This text comes in from Dirty Mike and the Boys. He says, Bob and Rob, can Kovalchuk fit under the order's cap structure? To me, he's the perfect winger for McDavid. Speed, skill, a bomb of a shot. Maybe a short-term contract similar to what Montreal did with Radulov upon his return. Uh, I'm not convinced he'd take a short-term deal, and I'm not sure Edmonton makes sense. And I do think the Oilers would be challenged uh, cap-wise moving forward to fit him in, uh, unless they were to get really creative with potential buyouts. And that's an entirely different conversation. Rob, Milan Lucic in the last 34 games has one goal. He's minus 18, and he hasn't had a fight in 50 games. Um. Far be it for me to suggest, well, maybe he has to get himself physically engaged, but it's worked for other players like Patrick Maroon. Give me your thoughts on what we're seeing or perhaps what we're not seeing out of Lucic right now. Well, first of all, the stat line is shocking simply because he's played with McDavid or Dreisaitl or for a large chunk of that time with both. And in that time, McDavid has excelled. He had a great February and into March. Uh, Drysaddle has excelled. He, he's had a great, you know, from January 1st on as well. And those two are succeeding despite the fact that uh, their their one mainstay has struggled as much as he has. And Drysaddle and McDavid, I'm guessing, are plus in that time. 
and he's minus 18. So that, that's, it's shocking to start with. Uh, as for, I'm never going to advocate for someone should go out and fight, but you have to do some things to get you going and be noticed positive. If, if you're not scoring and, that's, and you're on a line that's supposed to do that, then you have to do something else. And sometimes you do it to get yourself going. Sometimes you do it to show the coaching staff and the players, you know what, I understand that things aren't going right this way, so here's how I'm going to contribute. And also just to, to get the, the fans and the media off your back. Because every, every radio show that I'm doing, and I'm sure everyone that you're doing, Milan's name yeah. comes up, and it's usually in a negative light. But if he goes out there, and, and if he was to get into a fight, or, or one game he absolutely destroyed two or three guys physicality-wise, then you know what, people would back off a bit saying, oh, well, you know, he's bringing this part still. And all of a sudden, the media would say, well, he's not scoring, but he's changing the complexion of the game this way. And he's, that's something that not many players in the National Hockey League, let alone the Edmonton Oilers, can do. So, yeah, you, you've got to be a positive. And the problem for Milan is he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Like when a Leon Dreisaitl is struggling, you can't tell if he's having a good game or a bad game by the look on his face. But when Milan is struggling, and, they, and the problem is now, every game they're doing close-ups. Every time he misses an opportunity, they're doing close-ups on the bench. You can see it in his face. You can see the pain. He's slamming the door as he goes in the bench, breaking his stick over either the glass or over the bench as he comes in. His frustration is so apparent that it's just continuing to magnify, and it's just allowing everybody to talk about it more. So, uh, yeah, I... I was a goal scorer when I played at the beginning of my career, and when things weren't going well, then you, you want to do something different just to make look as though that you are helping your team in, in, in some sort of capacity. And Milan, more so than any other player, has the ability to do that because he's a monster out there. Well, we're joined right now by Rob Brown. Don texts the show, say, Bob, isn't Milan Lucic third in the league in hits? He is. He's over 200 hits this year, Don. And Clint says, Bob, wasn't Lucic brought in to score goals or something else? Well, he was supposed to bring some secondary leadership, I think, to the group. I don't think he was supposed to be the primary driver. Uh, but he was brought in to be a presence. And, again, the, the, the free fall that has occurred here is shocking. Uh, does not have a power play point over 67 minutes of power play time as well. Now, Rob, this is interesting because I have empathy for the position that Todd McClellan's in. Because, you know, Peter, Peter Shirelli followed a mandate. This was not solely Peter's decision to build the Oilers into a, a heavy team. This was an organizational philosophy. But Lucic is Shirelli's guy. And Todd has pretty much played Lucic with either McDavid or Dreisaitl. Today at practice, Lucic was with Stroman Pogliarvi, and I actually think that's the better spot for him here until he plays his way out of it. Would you agree or disagree, at least in the short term? I mean, partially because of the challenges that both Dreisaitl and McDavid are having. Well, yes. If you were going, making your lines based on production or based on how a player's a player is playing, then yes, he, he should be further down the lineup. I mean, you're playing with your two best players, and you've got one goal in 34 games. It's showing that it's not working. I know what Todd McClellan's doing, and, and it might not just be Todd. It might be coming from, from upstairs as well. You've got to get Milan Lucic going. You can't have him go into the summer with one goal in his last 50 games. This is a guy that we have for five more years with no other options but to keep playing him. So uh, as much as, as people clamor saying, well, he doesn't deserve to be on those two lines the way he's playing, well, maybe so. 
but he they have to make Milan Lucic believe in himself and again because they he's with this team for five more years at a big salary number. So he has to get better. Now, uh, at some point, you take him out of his misery and put him on a third line so there's less pressure for him. And I can see that's what Todd's doing. But, yeah, I, I completely understand what uh, Todd and the coaching staff has been doing as of late, keeping him where he's been, hoping that something would work for him. It bounces off his stick or it bounces off his shin pad or he makes a play and McDavid scores or Drysettle scores. But at some point, maybe you just help him by putting him in a situation where he's got a completely different role, and I think that might be what they're doing right now. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But uh, Dry Settle's an interesting one for me because he had a tough game the other night. Uh, that's about as you know, he was directly involved in three turnovers that led to goals. Uh, first, the first one in the game winner on OT are totally on him. Uh, the, the third one, the second one, he lost the faceoff on the PK. I'm going to give him a free pass. The guy's at 55 percent in the faceoff circle. He can't win them all on the faceoffs. The third goal against. Um, Leon had a chance for two-on-one pull Yarby Rob. That got broken up. The play went back in the other zone. Leon, I thought, was tired at the end of the shift, had the buckle on the right side boards, didn't get to center, and got stripped. Then the puck went back into the other zone. Then Lucic, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Milan lost his contain on the point shot, and that led to the window to score the game-tying goal. But that is about as tough a performance as we've seen from Leon in a long time. Yeah, it was. He didn't have a good night. And the thing is, when... You're, when you have, when you're fairly consistent, an off night, you know, people just say, you know what, he had a bad night and not worry about it. And that's what you have with Dry. So McDavid's had nights where he wasn't as good as he normally is, and his bar is higher than most. But because they've shown in the past that they're capable and they're going to bounce back from it, you don't feel as bad. And that's what the problem with Milan is. Well, he had a bad night too, but he had a bad week. He's had a bad month. And you're right, on the, the third goal, the tying goal, uh, Milan went out to his point. The guy passed it, Milan turned, watched the pass, and then the point guy went to the middle of the ice. Now all of a sudden, Milan's guy's in the middle of the ice, and, and he scores the tying goal. The problem when you struggle to score is the frustration, and, and you allow the frustration to take over, it bleeds into the rest of your game. So now your, your defensive game isn't as strong as it should be. You start cheating because you feel as though you have to contribute offensively, so you start cheating in the wrong areas hoping to get that bounce or that break going the right way, and instead it goes against you. And, and I've, been, I've been there. I know what it's like. You feel pressure that you have to do something, and, and you cheat. And then it just magnifies everything, because now you're not scoring, and you're not doing your, your part in the, your own zone. So now you're like, okay, now what else could go wrong? So uh, I'm not worried about Leon. Leon's had a good, good season. He's played well. And you've got to remember, both Leon and Connor. Their stats are what it is, and both have got good stats. But look at the players around them. I mean, the, the wingers on this team have all had down years, and they are still got these positive stats. Connor McDavid still, I, I still think he's going to win the scoring title, and he's, outside of Leon or R&H, who flip-flopped, he's had no one else with any consistency, and most guys who have had career down years. And Milan has played either with Connor and Leon, and right now Leon will up until... Today, Leon has been playing with Milan, and Milan has struggled, and Leon still found a way to be positive offensively. Uh, you imagine what they could have been had Milan or, or Maroon or Camilleri or Pugliarvi or any of these guys have had the season they, they were expected to have. 
Well, uh, Connor McDavid leads the NHL in even strength scoring by eight points. Leon's in the top ten in even strength scoring, though he's now even on the year in plus minus. He's had a drop here. At one point, he was like plus eight or plus nine. Uh, there has been a drop-off. What have you thought of Nugent Hopkins with McDavid so far, Rob? He's been good. I, I talked with Jim Matheson yesterday about how what it's like to play with superstars. Like, what do you need? Whether you need speed, whether you need a shot. Such that, I mean, to me, to play with a superstar, you got to be able to think the same way he does. Because you got to know when to get him the puck, when to get open, where to get open. you got to anticipate where he wants you to be. And I think that well, that's why Leon has success with, with Connor, because he thinks the game along the same lines. they both got the same uh, offensive head. Uh, and I think R&H is the same way. He, he understands the game. Now, when you play with a superstar, you're obviously not able to do everything that they can do. That's why they're the superstar. But you can think the same way and understand the game the same way. And that's why R&H is going to have success when he's up there because he knows the plays to make. He knows where to be. Now, it's just a matter of capitalizing on those chances because when you're playing with Connor McDavid, you're going to get opportunities. You have to capitalize because if Connor McDavid's line doesn't score, usually the team doesn't win. So there's more pressure. But I think R&H has played well. I think he's smart enough to be there. He's, he's fast enough to be there. And... Uh, something that we've seen this year more so than past, when he shoots the puck, he's got a good shot. And he's got a willingness this year to put the puck on net and playing with Connor, you're going to get those opportunities. Well, he's, uh, and he had one against Calgary. Mike Smith made a ridiculous save, the breakaway early in the game the other night against the San Jose Sharks as well. Rob Brown joining us. Bob Stauffer with you down in Florida. And speaking of Florida, Rob, yep. when you played, were there certain markets that you went to like, we'll say, when Tampa Bay came into the league, uh, where, you know, maybe focus and attention to detail got lost a little along the way? Um, yeah, well, I, more in the minors. If we go into Las Vegas, when I played in the minors in Vegas, sometimes their focus and detail was lost uh, the night before somewhere. Um, certain city... Uh, How important... Okay. Rob, on that note yep. then, because John Tortorella brought it up, he said there is an art to playing guilty. It is part oh, yes. of being a pro. Uh, how many, okay, you, you know, you're, look, statute of limitations is gone here. You've been retired <laughs> for over a decade. How many times in your career did you play guilty? In the National Hockey League, seldom. Um, I wasn't good enough to be able to play guilty. In the minors, more so. And I was in the minors. I was pretty good, and I could I could get away with playing guilty. I practiced guilty, and yeah, yeah. there's an art to playing guilty, and there's and it is. I mean, uh, everyone's human, and sometimes you uh, start out with a dinner, and it turns into more than a dinner. And the next day, you've got to make sure that you play guilty, and you uh, you are a, an asset to the team instead of a liability. Um, and sometimes playing guilty is not just going out and drinking beer. It's all right. Oh, we were. It's a nice sunny day. Instead of resting all day, I sat at the pool all day and hung out. And uh, the next day, okay, I got to make sure that next time we come to Florida, that we can go down to the beach instead of having to practice or have a workout. So I got to make sure that we have success here. So yes, there's an art to it. Some guys are very good at it. Some guys, you could tell if he had half a glass of wine the day before because he's god awful. So uh, you you want to make sure that when you are having fun that you pay the price the next day, and it's a positive so that you can have fun again. So Rob, great stuff. Let's, yeah. let, 
look look forward to hooking up with you tomorrow, okay? All right, sounds good, Bob. That is Rob Brown. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasmer Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Ruth's Chris and tell them Oilers Now sent you. Hey, the flyer is out. A great hockey road trip coming up this fall, and you can join Oilers now and New West Travel to Europe in October. You'll see the Oilers uh, take on the uh, Cologne Sharks in Germany, an exhibition game in the New Jersey Devils in the regular season Lidlifter in Gothenburg, Sweden. Your New West Travel package will include flights, hotels, game tickets, and welcome receptions. Book now for the Oilers Now Hockey Road Trip to Sweden and Germany. Space is limited. Reach out to New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. When we come back, we are going to get to Mr. Lube Trivia. Winter driving begins at Mr. Lube, Canada's leader in car maintenance. This is Bob Stoffer with you live from Florida on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show. Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Todd Stoffer on 6:30. Chad. Welcome back, everybody. The Oilers playing the toughest team in the NHL. They lead the league in fighting majors. The Florida Panthers tomorrow. It's a matinee special. Zach Cassian, Milan Lucic, the Edmonton Oilers. Florida had a game this year. It's six fights against the Dallas Stars. We are going to go to Mr. Lube Trivia. Winter driving begins at Mr. Lube, Canada's leader in car maintenance. Here we go. The Florida Panthers' inaugural season in the NHL was 1993-94. The top two scores both played for the Edmonton Oilers at one time. Name the top two scores on the Florida Panthers expansion team the first year there in the NHL. One guy played with the Oilers before he went to Florida, and the other guy played for the Oilers after he played in Florida. 780-496-0063. Up for grabs a $50 GC uh, from Roos Chris. Or from... Uh, oh, what the heck? We can throw a Roos Chris in there. I think I got one left, one kicking around. I, I said it. I did it. So, Mr. Lube trivia, and we got a Roos Chris gift certificate. Brendan, you'll have to hold that till I get back in town. It's, uh, I'll have to work on it. There you go. You can text us at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. Dean from Fort McMurray says, Bob, the orders are complaining about underperforming wingers. Why not bring Kyler Yamamoto up and be done with it? Well, Dean, Kyler Yamamoto could theoretically not return to Edmonton until Spokane's season is over. And they are definitely headed to the playoffs. Bob, why can't they send Lucic to the minors, smarten them up, give someone else a chance to get more ice time? That is not happening. That's just simply not going to happen. <laughs> Another text here. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Uh, Bob, Jujara Kara right now is a better player than Milan Lucic at one tenth of his salary from Oilers GM. Well, Jujara Kara has had a good year, and he has supplanted uh, Lucic at times in the top six. But again, based on practice today, it looks like Strom will center Lucic and Pulleyarvi tomorrow. Drysaddle with Kajul and Slepeshev, McDavid with RNH and Ratty is Pontus Aberg. Todd McClellan saying a hundred percent will not play tomorrow against Florida. All right. 12.57 in Edmonton. I know i got a bunch more texts to get to. Uh, we, uh, when we come back in uh, hour number two, are going to hear from Mark Pezik. He's out of Sherwood Park, played for the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's become a pretty solid defenseman for Florida. We'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, former Oilers captain Andrew Ferentz. Britt and Dredge are up next with a global news weather traffic update.